The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have quite a few stories from my recent trip out of the country, and uh, we also have a pesky loogie, some naked flight attendants and crew rest, some uh, bad body odor, and then uh, some fox talk. Let's get on with the show. So in the last few episodes, I've mentioned that I wanted to take a trip in September, and I had been literally all over the map. I thought about going to see the snow monkeys in Japan, and then it was Colombia, then it was the Pantanal in Brazil, and I had settled on Reykjavik, Iceland. And then, unfortunately, I had that root canal. But then the root canal went bad. It got infected. I mean, and we're talking, I woke up in the morning after the root canal, and I had a tennis ball inside of my cheek. My face, I look like a pufferfish. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. It's scary, you know, when it's on your face, too, because you feel like, I felt like it was, like, going towards my eye or my ear and my throat. You know, it's just, like infection. And I was already on uh, this, I'd already been bumped up to my second stronger antibiotic. So I called the endontist and he says, uh, well, wait another day. And if it's still really puffy, come on back in. And you know, I was planning on going to Iceland and I wasn't going to go infected and looking like a pufferfish. So I, I sort of had to postpone. And then I woke up the next day and my face is still gigantic. Gigantic. I mean, you know, you just feel like crap, too. So uh, I went back in and they had literally suck pus out of my cheek and then put me on a really, really strong antibiotic where they said, you know, you're it's probably going to make you nauseous. You know, you'll be dehydrated and you'll um, you could have diarrhea. And I was like, you know, great. Uh, I don't know if I want to go out of the country. And he also said uh, your face isn't going to depuff until the earliest Sunday, and I'd been planning to go on Friday. So I, you know, I had to wait for my face to deflate, you know, it was like deflate face. And so during that time, I sort of did a scramble, like searching, like trying to do an about face, deflate face. And I picked another destination that was sort of easy and not that far and just sounded uh, appealing because I had had a bad uh, 
pufferfish deflate face week. So I picked St. Martin out of the blue, really. I just was looking uh, how the flights looked, and I looked for a cheap hotel, and I've never been there. So I uh, had, hadn't done much planning. Uh, I did book a hotel, and I had looked at the directions to the hotel on Google, so I had an idea where it was. I hardly ever run a car, but it looked like it wasn't that easy to get around the island on public transportation. I usually like to take public transportation because I feel like I get to know the people better, but I rented a car, and... Uh, I could not find the freaking hotel. I had gone around in a circle like six times and I, I was thinking, it, it's got to be here. I, 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 I've seen it on the map. It's not far. How can I not find it? But the uh, street signs weren't marked. So they didn't say the names of the street. And I couldn't even be, really tell what street I was on. So on my sixth go around, I thought to myself, all right, I know I have to take a right somewhere. So I'll just keep taking rights until I'm on the right street. <laughs> it's going to take a while, but I'll get there. And I didn't have cell service, so I couldn't look on, you know, Google Maps or didn't have GPS. Anyway, so I, I take a right. I've just been like through a roundabout. They have a lot of roundabouts and one-way streets. I've been through a roundabout, took a right, was going down the street a while thinking there's this is just like a residential street. There's no hotel. So I come back and I want to go back to where I came from. So I made a left and uh, I was heading in. It was one way. There wasn't a sign. Uh, there wasn't a sign, and I was heading into oncoming traffic. Me, I was, I was like, ah! literally, it's like so dangerous. And I could tell, I, I you know, I'm being the crazy one. I'm the one going the wrong way. And I did like a, and like pulled into there was like a little business. Thank goodness that I could like pull over and go like, you know. <laughs> so I finally find the hotel. Um, I'm still feeling nauseous. I had to get up on the first flight, so I had slept um, under two hours for the night. Uh, uh, I was just having a day. You know, sometimes you have a day. <laughs> I went and, and drove around the island some, still a little um, upset for, like, having to almost have a big accident in another country and causing the accident. <laughs> and I was really tired, and I, I just, I hate to waste time on a trip, but I just thought, you know, I'm so tired and I'm basically just, my face was still fat and uh, I thought I'm going to go get food somewhere to go. I'm going to take it back to my hotel room. I'll get a good night's sleep and I will be good to go in the morning. I'll be good to go. Okay, so now um, I was wondering if I should tell this story. I always wonder if I'm uh, disclosing too much, sharing too much, too much information, those kinds of things. But I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been sharing, and uh, it's a great story. So I'm going to share it, but uh, it's a long story. And I thought maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll break it up into little pieces so this way um, it will be one, like, giant story in this podcast. So we'll, we'll interject a few airline stories, and then I'll come back to my first night on St. Martin. I was flying uh, to Amsterdam, and on our last beverage service, uh, luckily it was on the other side of the plane. So I heard all of it, but I wasn't directly involved, and I wasn't one of the accused. <laughs> I like not being one of the accused. But uh, this passenger, a woman, said that one of us, one of her flight attendants, uh, hawked a loogie into her Coke. 
And it was slimy, and she was very upset, and she wanted to be compensated. And uh, what's funny is, uh, we're on the beverage cart. Uh, I think it'd be rather conspicuous if one was going to, I can't imagine why anybody would, but if one was going to, like, <laughs> into a drink and hand it to a passenger, I think, you know, I, I grant, now granted, a lot of passengers, you guys, are out, you know, you're not paying attention to us, you have your headphones on, you're watching a movie, but I do believe if... <laughs> if in fact, you know, the beverage cart was at your row and you saw the flight attendant like <laughs> into a drink and hand it to someone, you might notice. <laughs> I think you might, that you know, be out of the norm, might notice that. And uh, why in the world would we do that anyway? It makes no sense. Why, you know, we're girls. I don't know. I don't know many women who are like spitting into things. I don't know. It just it would never occur to me in a million years. Plus, there was no like animosity. There was no nothing. This woman just wanted something. They're just looking for miles. But she also just uh, made a huge ordeal about it. You know, she had to talk to this person. She wanted to talk to, you know, the purser. And, you know, how dare, you know, they spit in her drink. <laughs> I always think I've heard everything. But, you know, the hawk, the loogie on the beverage cart, it's a new one. I'll tell you, my first day flying was... Uh quite an experience for me. Now, I'm working for a airline that's known for being a bit stuffy, a bit proper, uh, quite conservative, and I'm kind of a shy guy, so, uh, you know, I thought kind of it's the perfect place for me. But the very first flight I did was a long haul uh, down to Africa, and when it came time for breaks, and I went to the bunks, and I had my pyjamas ready, um, and figured, you know, there's a changing room to uh, get undressed in. And I open the door to the bunks, and there, straight away, I see one of the other crew members in her bra and pants, another guy absolutely naked while he's uh, stripping from uniform into his uh, pajama bottoms. And I sort of like <laughs> did a little bit of a, a little tiny scream or something like that while I. Um, <laughs> sort of felt like I'd interrupted or walked into the wrong place, but uh, everyone said, you know, come on, don't be shy, come on in here. I didn't bother with my pyjamas either. I kept in my underwear like everybody else was doing and went up to the bunks and uh, tried to have my uh, three hours rest, which never really happened because I was always too excited about uh, getting to the destination and doing some photography. But eventually, after a year at the airline, I uh, decided to leave the job and start a photography magazine, kind of like a bookazine, I call it, uh, called Elska Magazine. And what I do is I'm taking pictures of uh, guys, each issue in a different city, kind of more toward the gay audience, because, you know, it's pictures of men mainly, but, uh, you know, really for anyone. And uh, it's just great. We just did the first issue in Ukraine, and you get a real sense of like how the culture's different, how people's style's different, how people's outlook's different. It's wonderful. And next week I'm going to Berlin to shoot for the second issue. And then after that, the third one is going to be in Reykjavik, Iceland. So back to my first night on St. Martin. I wasn't feeling well. I hadn't eaten lunch, and I just wanted something to go. And I saw when I got the rental car, someone had uh, mentioned this Indian restaurant. And uh, I love Indian food. So I pulled in there and um, got out, and uh, time slowed down. I know that sounds weird, and 
dramatic, but I can see it now. I, I don't know why. I didn't know what was coming. I didn't I didn't know anything. But I uh I said to the owner, uh, hey, can I order something to go? It was like an outdoor uh Indian restaurant near the water. And uh he's like, Yeah, sure. Here, take a menu, sit down, uh, and uh tell me what you want. And I was like, Great. And I saw that there was a guy standing there. Uh, I noticed a drink. I noticed his, I didn't look at him. I just noticed like a midriff. I think he was on the phone. And I just thought to myself, okay, there's somebody sitting at this table. I'll go to the next one. I sat down, got out my backpack, got out my book. And I hear uh, a guy say to me, I really like looking at you. And I was like, literally, this was like when I slowed down and I was like, huh? What? Who? What was that? Like, it just was like so out of context. I was kind of like, huh? And he said, uh, I really like looking at you, but you might not want to sit there. You might want to sit over here. It was better light. And he said, I see you're getting your book out, but you know, you really might want to watch this uh, fantastic tennis match that's going on behind you. Basically, I had been sitting in front of the television and he was trying to watch the U.S. Men's Open, which was a fantastic uh, match. Anyway, I, I, uh, I was still like, what did he did he say? I really like looking at you. What was that? So then I look over at him, and uh, for the first time, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's amazing. How, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm verklempt. Uh It's amazing how you can get like sort of shocked out of your 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 plan. I uh, he was extremely attractive man who just said he liked looking at me, and uh, and uh, I thought, all right, well. Um, I guess I'll put the book down. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, even though he's very handsome, that really wasn't even the appeal. He was, he just started talking like a mile a minute, telling stories. Uh, I, I said to him, uh, he was all tan. And uh, I said, oh, you must live here. And he's like, why do you say that? And I was like, well, you look really relaxed. You know, he had like that island vibe. And he has, he had tattoos, you know, I'm not a tattoo person, but they look nice on him. <laughs> but then uh, he started getting so interesting. I really love a smart guy. I love someone who likes to travel. I, I love, you guys know, <laughs> I like someone uh, interesting. And he said, oh, he just moved there. He had been living in Costa Rica. I like that. He, he lived in Sydney, lived in Greece, but he's, he's from New York. Uh, he started telling stories like I would tell you guys stories. Like, I'm not the one telling the stories. He's telling me the stories, and I'm waiting for Indian food to go. Like, he, I'm sitting there, uh, and he's talking about having a uh, crab clamp on his toe, and like another time where a scorpion was on, on his thigh, and learning to dance on his mother's uh, toes. And it was like, kind of like, what is going on? Like all of a sudden, I felt like I was on a date, and I, I was—I'm ordering food to go, and it's the very last thing I uh, was thinking about, or I'm really ever thinking about—is meeting someone on a uh, vacation or a trip. I just—it's not my thing. It's not—it's not what I'm looking for. And uh, I, I was sort of kind of like, uh, "What's happening here?" My face was still fat. <laughs> I wasn't feeling well. I hadn't slept. And here's this guy. It was just like. Um, super charming and really cute and uh it really felt like we were on a date and I was thinking how is this happening <laughs> this Indian restaurant so uh then he said 
I said something about the the built the island being built up and he's like oh yeah I have a video of what it used to look like in the 40s I'll show it to you later in the week and I was also again taken aback I'm like later in the week later in the week I'm ordering food to go how am I seeing this guy later in the week I kind of felt like he was sort of assuming uh because we were hitting it off that uh that there'd be some sort of romance and I I kind of was like like I don't know. It kind of scared me a little bit. You know, I don't, I, I'm not looking for that. I, I, I'm, I'm never looking for that. And, uh, um, but I liked him, really liked him. So my food finally came like an hour and 20 minutes later. I mean, I really actually got to know the guy because he did a lot of talking. Uh, but my food came and I literally ran out of there like a girl with her hair on fire. I just kind of thought, uh, I didn't give him my last name, my email address, phone number, not, didn't get anything from him. I ran out of there kind of like, whoa, I don't have to make any decisions about that. <laughs> you know, I don't know about this, you know, seeing him later in the week or uh, I don't know. I guess I get intimidated and uh, I get back home or back home to my hotel room. And I really was conflicted and ang- aggravated with myself. Uh, you guys remember story like Two years ago, I did basically the same thing. I don't know when, you know, a guy's younger than me and like super handsome. I get intimidated and I kind of think, you know, like, why would they be interested in me? I don't know. I just get, I don't know. But uh, two years ago, remember, I was in Greece and uh, got on a plane going from Corfu to Athens and just happened to be sitting next to like a movie star, good looking Greek guy. And we hit it off like gangbusters. We talked like we had known each other forever, laughed the entire flight. If anybody else had seen us on that flight, they'd think we had, you know, known each other forever. And we just met. And he waited for me to get off the plane. And he said, uh, I really want to see you again. I want to cook for you in Corfu. You know, he had like made his own wine. He was a chef. I mean, it was like a little, like a dream. And I said, like a jackass, <laughs> oh, you know, it's really far away. And, you know, I'm a flight attendant. Nothing is really that far away. Uh, I, I just shut it down. I didn't get his last name, any information. And I regretted it. You know, I did. So now I just did it again. <laughs> Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I did it again. Uh, I just ran out of there. Uh, I, I liked him. I was interested in him and extremely attracted to him and uh, just ran away like a scared little girl. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to the story again in a minute. I was just working on one of our large airplanes and this particular aircraft type They have the worst galley drains of any airplane I have ever seen. You literally can't pour anything down the drain. You can't pour water down the drain. (laughs) And if you pour coffee, God forbid, down the drain, or orange juice or wine, those are all things we have to pour out, uh, the drain gets like acid reflux. And right before landing, it just like, and just all this horrible stuff comes out of there. It can get on the passenger seats that are behind the galley. It can get on your bags that are, that are you know, in front of it. It's just a huge mess. But, you know, you're working and there's not a restroom nearby and you have drains, but you can't use them. <laughs> so I try to. It's difficult because, you know, the airplane lavatories are a very popular place 
on the plane, regardless of what cabin you're in. But I try when I have to pour out coffee, like when it's, you know, not that fresh, to go wait for the bathroom and put it in there. Or when I'm trying to pour out the wine, uh, I try to go up there or those types of things. And uh, I was pouring out this red wine. And, you know, certainly don't want to drip the red wine because you will scare people and you certainly want to remember to flush because I was pouring out that red wine in the lavatory and like so there were people waiting and stuff and for a second there I almost forgot to flush and I thought oh my gosh these passengers are going to think someone was hemorrhaging in here <laughs> there's blood everywhere <laughs> but anyway yeah I hate those uh, acid reflux drains so this story actually it involves me Yes, my colleague. <laughs> and this was, we were riding on our bus because the company arranges yeah. transportation for us to and from our hotel. And Betty is telling us about where the new hotel is located and where she had gone for a walk. And we're all kind of nodding but listening. And I was just talking like crazy. So she tells me about how she was walking along and she saw several parks and she went in the parks and lo and behold there was a fox i was so excited about the fox you were i mean it was like and then you walked around some more and it was a fox then it was like another fox and then i think you went maybe to another park and there was a fox family but anyway the theme of our bus ride into London was Betty and her foxes. It's a lot of fox talk. It is fox talk. <laughs> Not fox news talk. Fox talk. <laughs> it's true. It was a lot of fox talk. But then when we got to the hotel, I went out with two my, my other But colleagues. before before we got um, to for the layover, Jen, or was it Jen or somebody else, saw a fox in the garden behind the hotel. Oh, that's right. I'm had... talking about foxes, and then we saw a fox at the hotel. I do remember that now, because the hotel had a really garden. sweet little yes. garden in the back of it. I'm on the island of St. Martin. Uh, it's half Dutch, half French, which a lot of you probably already know. And I was driving around the island to get a feel of things, and um, I stopped in the grocery store on the French side. Uh figured it's a good place to get some wine and uh, I'm walking around the grocery store and it's very hot and humid here very hot and uh, I'm like all of a sudden do I smell is that me could it possibly be me <laughs> and I, I'm getting very self-conscious I'm thinking goodness gracious is it me? <laughs> so I get out the car, do a you know, quick like whiff, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness it's not me. It's uh, other people's body odor just um, wafting by. I'd like to thank you guys who, when you were going to buy something on Amazon, and they have everything, uh, you decided to be so kind and go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, uh, to click on the Amazon links, or you can even bookmark them. But uh, I get a little percentage, and it helps support the show, and it doesn't cost you anymore. It's kind of like good all around. And I like to see what people bought on Amazon clicking through my website. And uh, this month, somebody bought Deep down dark, the untold stories of 33 men buried in a Chilean mine and the miracle that set them free.
Love that story. Uh, also, another book called uh, 50 Places to Bike Before You Die and some Wonka Laffy Taffy Jar Banana Flavored. <laughs> I do like to see what people buy. So thanks in advance. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, think about going to my website, bettingthesky.com. Sports the show, and I thank you so very much. So I was back in my hotel room, aggravated with myself for having run away, missing an opportunity, being stupid. And uh, that night, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's all true. It sounds crazy just saying it, but that night I had a dream about him, which I never have dreams about strangers or someone I just met. But I had a dream that if I went back to the Indian restaurant, he would be there, which is crazy. I woke up with a big smile on my face, and uh, but then I was thinking, well, if I go back there, he's not going to be there. Like, he'd have to be there 24 hours a day. How would I know when he'd be there or what time he'd be there or what day he'd be there? And how, uh, you know... It was stupid. What? You know, going to go back there and think he's going to be back there. (laughs) So for two days, I did what I was going to do. Went snorkeling, went around the island, uh, drove around, checking it out. And I still was sort of just nagging at me, kind of like, oh, you're so dumb. Why'd you do that? Stupid, stupid, (laughs) stupid, stupid girl. And uh, so then Wednesday, I had met him on a Sunday. So now it's Wednesday. I thought, you know what? I liked the Indian food. It really can't hurt to go back there. I'll just get some good food. And then at least I won't be mad at myself for not going back because I had a dream that if I went back there, he'd be there. (laughs) So here he goes. I go back there. And he's there. He's there. (laughs) What are the chances? And uh, he looked even more handsome than I remembered. And uh, I I was like having like, butterflies in my stomach. It's been a long time. I felt like that. You know, you start to feel like a teenage girl. And uh, he was being all charming again. And he was, uh, he had told me the first night that he was building a restaurant there. And uh, he said, um, do you want to walk down and uh, to where the restaurant's going to be? And I'll show you like what's going on with the build. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we're walking and uh, he's being all charming and interesting, uh, just like I remembered. And, you know, he's showing me around, you know, you know what he's building there. And uh, at one point, he just uh, leaned in, not to kiss me or anything, just leaned in and his, his forearm touched my forearm. And it was like electricity, like sparks. And I was thinking, oh, my, I'm a goner here. You know, I'm just uh, totally smitten and giddy at this point. And uh, he said to me, um, so uh, you came back to see me. And I felt like I couldn't, I had to be honest at this point. I was like, yeah. And he said, well, I thought you'd come back the next night. (laughs) And he also said, "Um, so are are you going to run away again? And uh, it's all so strange to have someone, you know, you haven't known that long, like call you out on your shit, you know, and like be so direct, you know. And it was kind of like at that point, I was like, you know, no you know, I'm not going to run away. And, uh, oh my gosh, we ended up having a, um, really wonderful week. <laughs> I mean, I can't even really describe, you know, there was like, uh, swimming in the ocean at night with champagne. It was like, you know, you couldn't write it better, really. I mean, and, uh, I learned a lot 
on that trip and through this experience. You know, I think I get, um, or maybe we all get so caught up in our own little world, our own little bubble, our own little uh, plan of, of what we're doing that, you know, sometimes you have to like look around. Sometimes you have to, you know, put your book down or put your phone down. And also, I also learned that, you know, I'm so glad I went back to the restaurant this time so it didn't end up like that Greek story. And uh, I also learned that, you know, sometimes you got to take chances and really crazy. Sometimes you have to listen to a dream. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, sometimes if you listen to a dream, it just might come true. And now for a few St. Martin stories. Uh, a couple of days after uh, I'd gone back to uh, meet the handsome guy at the Indian restaurant, uh, he and I had met at this uh, local bar and, uh, you know, my new friend. And uh, what's nice is he and I have a lot in common. Uh, we both like to uh, talk to local people. He's a big traveler. And uh, so we were in this bar at a happy hour and he's he makes friends with everyone. You know, he made friends with me. <laughs> anyway, uh, he starts talking to this couple. They were like late 60s. And then we ended up sitting down with them. They were really interesting. Had lived on in the islands for a long time. And then a friend of theirs joined them and he was like late 70s. And you know, who would think that uh, they were like such fascinating people to hang out with. And so I was talking to the older guy, kind of like, rough and tumble, um, you know, seen better days, but he had his like shirt open and he's got like a hairy chest. He's all tan and, you know, he's like pushing 80, but he's wearing this mm, sort of gaudy gold coin on a big gold chain. So I always have to ask, or I got to ask, what's that? You know, what's, uh, what's, what is that? And he's like, oh, you know, this is a really old Spanish coin. And I was looking at it and uh, I was like, you know, wow, you know, what's this worth? And he's like, it's worth like $300,000. I'm thinking $300,000? You're wearing it around your neck? And I was like, well, where did you find them? And he goes, oh, he was telling me, I wish I had had my recorder with me, but he was, you know, such a better story when they tell it themselves. But he, he was out on a boat and it was like, ridiculously calm, like the calmest he had seen it, and they were diving, and he saw this, like, uh, old clay pot, like, just barely coming out of the sand on the bottom, and uh, he went and, like, was dusting off the sand and, you know, diving down, and uh, he, he got the clay pot, brought it up, got it onto the boat, you know, uh, smashed it open, and there were, like, 30 of these ancient Spanish coins. Uh, and I was like, goodness gracious, that's like, you know, talk about found treasure, lost treasure. He's like, yeah, I can't sell them. I'm like, what do you mean you can't sell them? Like, I have like a fortune. You're wearing a fortune around your neck. He's like, I can't sell them. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, 
you know, there's all types of islands in the Caribbean, and he wasn't saying where exactly he found it, but it is part of the British territory, and anything found in the British territory is property of the queen, and you would have to give it back to the queen. And I'm like, can't you get around that somehow? <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, can't imagine having this fortune and can't spend it. He's like, you can't, because you got to tell people where you got it. You, you can't, I can't, there's no way around it. I just have this fortune, uh, and uh, I know I have it, but I can't sell it. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a conundrum. But the guy was just fascinating. So that same older man with the fortune around his neck, <laughs> he was also telling, he was a real interesting character. Just, I just, I just eat that stuff up with a spoon. Just love it. And he was telling a story uh, that after uh, the hurricane, I'm not sure which one, but the one that must have really damaged St. Martin, they had some giant plane land there to bring in like generators and things. And uh, most of you, and this was, I think, before the new airport there in St. Martin, they expanded it. And I think most of you have seen, and I posted on Instagram some of those, you know, it's really fun in St. Martin to watch those planes land. You can be in the ocean and watching the planes land like really close. It's it's really, really fun to watch. All the people when the big plane come in are like, ah! I mean, really, I have to say that that is a that's a perk of St. Martin. It's really fun to watch him take off, too. Anyway, uh, he was saying that this this type of plane, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was a really large plane. Uh, it was they couldn't it, it was the runway wasn't strong enough for it to take off and nobody could figure out what to do. Um, it wasn't long enough runway. The runway wasn't strong enough. And, and it was a big dilemma. And he said he personally went around and bought every plastic cutting board. You guys might know stuff more than I do, but apparently there is a type of plastic that's super, super strong. And they laid out all these plastic cutting boards on the runway so that this huge airplane could take off. And I was like, gosh, that guy with the the finding a fortune and, and he's making runways out of cutting boards, you know, <laughs> gotta love it. That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. Uh, I know this episode was really a lot of me talking, <laughs> but I really had a fantastic time on that trip to St. Martin. And uh, next month, I'm planning on, I probably shouldn't even tell you guys where I'm planning on going since last time. I changed my mind six times. But at the moment, my plan is, I take a big trip every November, and uh, my plan is to go on a self drive safari in Kruger National Park in South Africa. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but uh, you can actually, you know, rent a car and drive through the national park and stay at different camps. So like, I, I can't even imagine how exciting it would be to be driving yourself and come across, you know, lions and elephants. <laughs> I mean, I loved going on regular safari, but there seems to be, to me, it seems so much more exciting uh, to just happen upon them yourself. And, you know, you could also, if, if you're by yourself, you can stay as long as you want, you know, watching them if you find some animals. Anyway, uh, that's the plan at the moment. And uh, actually, at the actual moment, I'm uh, headed back down to St. Martin. <laughs> I tell you, my stomach is like a uh, clothes dryer with sneakers in it. 
Well, I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Kids, when you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing